Thank you for tuning in to the Emerge Church Tallahassee podcast. We exist to help people follow Jesus so they can live out God's plans for their lives. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast so you can be updated anytime we add new content. Now let's check out the message from Sunday. Super excited about today. Cannot wait to get here to preach this message to you today. Y'all ready for Christmas? There's about 28 of you. The rest of us, we still got some work to do. Can I get an amen? Amen. Yeah, that's about 99,000 of you. I know. Um, I do want to remind you about our Given Hope offering. If you would like to give to that, you can give in person here today at the Hub, or you can go online at merchchurch.com or text your amount to 84321. There's some families that we want to help out this Christmas. Also, we have been able to provide a big Christmas party for our care point in the Dominican Republic. I hope to show you some video of that next Sunday, just so you can see what you were able to give towards so that some families uh, were able to have some Christmas uh, this year. But I pray that you will you will pray and ask the Lord what you should give and just respond to that. But today I'm ready to jump into the message. I'm missing my bride today. She's at home, not feeling well. And so be praying for her. And so I'm going to try my best without her today. If I say some things out of line, she's watching TV right now. She's watching. She'll let me know. I might get a text message during the sermon. She'll be like, stop. That's enough. That's enough. That's enough. All right. Let's jump in. Y'all ready? Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 17. It says, that night... In a field near Bethlehem, shepherds were watching over their flocks. And suddenly an angel of the Lord appeared in radiant splendor before them, lighting up the field with blazing glory of God. And the shepherds were terrified. But the angel reassured them, saying, Don't be afraid, for I have come to bring you good news. Say good news. Come on, we need some good news, am I right? The most joyous news the world has ever heard, and it is for everyone, everywhere. For today in Bethlehem, a rescuer was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah, and you will recognize him by this miraculous sign. Watch this now, because it feels like by this huge, massive, miraculous sign. Are you ready? And then he says, you will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in the feeding trough. Like you thought it was going to be this big, like a glorious moment. And and it's like crescendoing up to this big moment. And then it's like, it's going to be a baby wrapped in cloths, not even full clothes, just cloths, just wrap them up. And the baby's going to be in a feeding trough. Then all at once in the night sky, a vast number of glorious angels appeared, the very armies of heaven, and they all praised God, singing glory to God in the highest realms of heaven, for there is peace and a good hope given to the sons of men. Now, I kind of feel like these shepherds were a little bit hard to convince. Like if an angel appears to me, I feel like that's good. You know what I'm saying? One angel appears, I'm good, don't overload me, Lord. But evidently these guys wasn't getting, so the Lord's like, I need a few more, get down there. And so all these angels show up and begin singing. And so when the choir of angels disappeared, verse 15, and returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go, let's hurry and find this word who was born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves. I love that part. And see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed. And so they hurried off and found their way to Mary and Joseph. And there was the baby lying in a feeding trough. And upon seeing this miraculous sign, the shepherds recounted what had just happened. Today, I want to preach a message entitled, See It for Yourself. See it for yourself. Let's pray. Lord, thank you that you know how to show up in our lives. And at times where we think 
that you may show up to the high and mighty. We see right here, you show up to those who are not considered high and mighty. And the way that you showed up was more common than what, you even, than what we even give you credit for. And so, Lord, today I pray that as we share this message, each person here will see that you want to be in their lives. Lord, use this word today to encourage us, to build us in our faith, but more importantly, to see you and see how you're working in our lives. Lord, use us today. Use this sermon today. Use me today, Father, to speak it to their lives in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. Have you ever had someone try to describe something to you before? Um, and the more they described it, the more confused that you became. Y'all know what I'm talking about? Um, and, and, and so I can remember one time being in a hardware store, and, and there was a guy there that was there to help, and he was asking me, okay, so what are you looking for? And sometimes if you don't know what it's called, you come up with the next, you know, you just make something up that sounds pretty official. Yeah. Am I right? Yeah. Especially at the hardware store. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I don't know what that pipe thing is that bends. Oh, that's a 90, a 90-degree 90 elbow. Okay, I didn't know that. You, you would be in there and say, I need the thing that turns. You know, the thing that turns. And, and sometimes when you're trying to tell them what you're looking for, they give you that look. You know what I'm talking about? That look of like. Or, or better yet, whenever you, um, when, when you're in a store or something and you see somebody and they know you, but you don't really know them. How many of y'all had that encounter happen while you were Christmas shopping? You just walking through and like, and they're like, oh, hey. And you're like, hey, hey, yeah. Hey, lady. Hey, girl. How are you? I don't remember your name, but hey, good to see you. Oh, yeah. Sometimes in these, in these moments, especially like when you're trying to tell something, to tell someone what it is and you're describing it, sometimes uh, you, you get so lost in the description, you don't even know what to say to them anymore. And so, um, or, or on the other side, when they're trying to describe it to you, you know what I'm saying? And you're just like, I don't know what you're talking about. Uh, it's like trying to help a middle schooler with math these days. How many of y'all had the moment where you're like, that ain't how we did it? And just for the record, it was better the way we did it. Carry the one. Look at your neighbor and tell him, carry the one. <laughs> and there's a teacher in here right now, twitching. Okay, okay. They're trying to tell you how to do it. And, and you reach that point to where you just say, I just need to see it for myself. You're, you're trying your best to describe it to me, but I'm not picking up on what you're putting out. And so I just need to, I don't know what it is. I just need to see it for myself. So can you imagine what it was like when an angel appears and lights up a field? Okay, now this is getting significant. With the blazing glory of God. Now, I don't know if you've ever seen the blazing glory of God, but I got a, I got a feeling that it's not just a little spark in a field. It's going to be lit. Okay, can I say it that way? Okay, and so it's going to be bright. And so these angels showing up, and they're trying to convince these shepherds, trying to help these shepherds to see that this news that is showing up, that this the, the birth of this Savior, Jesus, that is here, it's big-time significant, and the angels are doing everything to try to get them to see it. And like I said, one angel shows up, and it's not working, so the Lord's like, send the rest, and then all the angels show up, and then they're starting to get this picture that the angel is bringing good news. And we live in a day and always where we need some good news. Can I hear an amen? Some good news. And there is good news. The Savior, the Messiah is here. He has been born. He is here. And they said, we even have a sign for you. It's a baby wrapped in strips of cloth in a feeding trough. I think... If I was one of those shepherds, I would really have a hard time wrapping my mind around this. Even though all of the descriptions are being given, even though the bright lights, all that stuff, I think I would just be blown away that an angel showed up. Am I right? Not a common occurrence in my life, I have to be honest with you. But if it did happen, I don't know if I could get past the, the, the whole angel showing up thing, much less to remember what they said to me. Am I the only one up here? I mean, if an angel shows up at your house tonight, first of all, let me know. Uh, 
But chances are, knowing us, we'd probably be like, oh, Lord, forgive me if I have sinned against you. Lord, cleanse my heart, clean my mind. Am I right? Like if, the, if an angel shows up, this ain't about what you're about to tell me. It's like I need to get my life right with the Lord right now. Right now. I'm not waiting for Sunday church right now on my knees in the bedroom, wherever we at. Lord, forgive me. I've sinned against you. Cleanse my heart. Lord, I love you. I worship you. Get holy real quick, right? And I'm just trying to keep this message real. Because we read these stories sometimes, and we just think that it was so, like, magnificent. And we don't get the details of how these guys really reacted. And, and I, I'd like to think that there was some reactions that wasn't put into the story. And I like to fill it in sometimes with some of the reactions I think that we would have. And if you were to tell me that the long-awaited Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is going to show up in a small town in the middle of nowhere instead of a palace. I don't know if that's how I would have expected it to happen. Am I right? Like if you told me Jerusalem, I can work, I can work with that. Like, like the temple in Jerusalem, the Messiah is going to show up. Let's do this, right? But little old town on the outskirts, Bethlehem, I don't know because we're talking King of Kings and Lord of Lords here, y'all. And so I don't know if I, that's how I would have written the story. So when the angel shows up to tell you the Messiah was just born in a stable, if you're the shepherd, you begin to realize, wait a minute, you, you got the wrong location. Am I right? Like, like you missed it. Like, like the palace, the temple is over there. We're just out here in the field. But the Lord showed up to the shepherds in the field. Sometimes we think that the way God's going to do things isn't the way that God really does things. And not just with this story, but even in our own lives, because there are some suspicions that you have of how God wants to work in your life, because that's how you would have done it. And you thinking that you got to make it to the palace before God can do something in your life, when all along God was showing up in the field. Are, are you hearing this today? So many times we think we got to be perfect for God to do something in our lives. And God isn't looking for a perfect person. He's just looking for you in all your imperfections. Look at your neighbor and just tell him, you are not perfect. Some of you are like, oh, that's a trap. That's a trap. I am not telling my wife that. Tell your husband that, though. So can you imagine if you're going to tell me that the Messiah, the King of Kings, the Lord of Lords, is going to show up in a stable? I have to see it to believe it. Because the way I see it, it wasn't in a stable. Are, are y'all tracking this now? The way I see it, it wouldn't have been in a stable. It would have been in the palace. It would have been in the temple. This would have been the finest of conditions. Top notch because this is the son of God. We got to make sure he makes it because he's going to make sure we make it. So we got to have like all the perfect conditions and yet God doesn't step into the perfect conditions. He steps into the imperfect, but yet he's about to perfect each and every one of us. Or something that God wanted to show them. He wanted them to see this. And I believe there's something that God wants us to see. I believe there's something he wants to show us. And what's interesting is this. People can describe it to you. I can do my best to describe all these things that we're talking about to you. But until you see it yourself, you just won't know. I'll give you a good example of this. Remember when Jesus asked um, his disciples, he says, I know who they say I am, but who do you say I am? Some say you're a prophet. Some say you're a teacher. But what did Simon Peter say? He said, but you are the son of the living God. You're the Messiah. And, and what was the reaction? What was Jesus' reaction? He said, you are blessed because no one has shown you this. You received this from where? The Father in heaven. He saw it for himself. 
I think there are some things in your life that God is trying to show you that you've got to see for yourself. This is what these shepherds are going through. They, they have this tremendous task of raising these sheep, okay? But there was something that God wanted to show them that they had to see for themselves. Now, in this story, in the Christmas story, by the way, there is a significance to so many of these events. And again, because of the commercial side of Christmas, we just gloss through these stories. But there is meaning in so many of these different events. And what we read right here about these shepherds in Matthew chapter 2, there is a lot of significance that is going on in there. Really a whole lot. And I'm going to unpack some of that. But I want, I, I want to present it to you this way because chances are when we look at these stories, we see them for what we've always heard. Like, you knew there were shepherds in the field. You watched Charlie Brown Christmas special. And so you know there are shepherds in the field. Come on, long live Charlie Brown. It's still one of the best. They tell the Christmas story. Okay? They really do. So we knew about the shepherds in the field. But I think in this story, we're going to use it today to help you see some things for yourself that perhaps... You haven't seen, not just in the story, but some things in your own life that you haven't recognized. So let's share three things that you got to see for yourself. Here's the first one. I'm going to give you the point, and then I'm going to unpack it. The first one is this. God wants you to see his providence. God wants you to see his providence. Okay, verse 8. That night in a field near Bethlehem, shepherds were watching over their flocks. You think it's common. I know. When I look at the story before I dive in, I just think, what's the big deal about shepherds watching their sheep? Pastor Wade, that's what shepherds do, right? <laughs> Scholars believe that these were the fields where the sacrificial flocks were kept for temple worship. So these weren't just any sheep. These were the sheep that were going to be used in the temple to sacrifice to the Lord for worship. We're getting deep now. Am I right? See, this isn't just any sheep. These are select sheep. I want you to remember that Jesus is the Lamb of God that will take away the sins of the world. Are you beginning to see some providence here in this story? Um, also, it is believed that these were the fields that once belonged to Boaz. If you read the Old Testament, you've learned about Boaz in the book of Ruth. Boaz married this woman named Ruth and is known as, watch this, the kinsman redeemer, who had a son named Obed, who had a son named Jesse, who had a son named David. Wow. God wants to show you something today in this story. Je Jesus, one of his descriptions that he has given, Jesus is known as, watch this, the son of David. Are, are you starting to see how, oh my goodness, there's a lot going on in this story, and surely the hand of God has been lining and arranging all of this. I didn't see that, because when I look at it, I just see shepherds tending sheep, and many times we look at our lives, we just see us living our lives, going to work, going to school, raising our families. We don't see the providence of God, how God aligns you with certain people, how God set up certain things in your life, how that could have happened and the Lord said, no, that's not going to happen. Then that did happen and you don't know why it happened, but the Lord is going to use it and work it out for your good. You just don't realize it yet because the way you see it is we are struggling just to make it. We're struggling just to get by, just like these shepherds in the field. They were just trying to do what they had to do and call it the day. Just go to work, raise the sheep, get the night shift in. Y'all watch them tonight. We go into the house. We'll see you at six in the morning. We'll swap up then. And in the middle of their normal everyday life, God decides to show up because he wants to show them something. And not just what he is doing, but what he is doing in your life. But it's so easy to get caught up with all I see is all I struggle with. All I see is all that I got to do. Pastor Wade, I am overloaded right now. 
I have so many things to do. It's the end of the year. We got to take care of this. What if God, in the middle of all of that, is trying to show you his providence? So Jesus is known as the son of David. And it's believed that the very fields, these are the very fields where David watched his father's sheep. And is now where the angels are appearing to these shepherds. Isn't this incredible? And to think Jesus, the son of David, is lying in a feeding trough in a stable just on the outskirts of this field. The providence of God. Just like this, there are pieces of your life. If you take a moment, you'll see the providence of God. God, how did you know to do that? How did you know to get that person out of my life? How did you know to bring that person into my life? How did you know to close that door on that company that I almost took a job with that two months later completely closed down? The providence of God. And it all winds up adding up, even though you don't see it right now. Why? Because he causes it all to work together for your good. Can I get an amen? amen? He works it all out. And so if you can see your life from his perspective, you will see his providence. You will see his hand at work. I believe God wants to show you his providence. Let's go to number two. God wants you to be in his presence. He wants you to see his providence, but he wants to show you his, his presence. Verse 11, for today in Bethlehem, a rescuer, a savior was born for you. He is the Lord Yahweh, the Messiah, the Messiah. The long-awaited one is here. And, and when this is mentioned, one of the most astounding statements, it's one of the most astounding statements in the gospel because this supersedes prophet. This supersedes teacher. This is more than just another religious figure in history. This is the Messiah, the chosen one, the Christ, the one that, that we have been waiting for. He has now shown up and he is not just any Messiah. He is God with us. He is not on the palace with a wall, keeping people away. But he came into the field where we all are so that we could all have access to be with him and him with us. Which means God wants to be with you and he wants to show up in all of the areas of your life. Not just the church areas. Can somebody say amen? Amen. And some of y'all are like, well, I don't want him to see some of the other areas. (laughs) He already sees them. He already knows, and he still says, I want to come with you. You want to come with me? He wants to be present in your life. He was called Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, we're good with God for us. Amen? God, I want you to be for me. If God is for me, who can be against me? But if God is with me, I can't do some of the things I usually do. <laughs> Thank the Lord he's with us because some of y'all are crazy. How many of y'all sitting next to, no, let's not do that. Let's not do that. Let's not. Mm. He wants you to be close to him. And I know that there are certain things that occur in our lives that can make us feel like we're so far from him. There are certain things that we say, certain things that we do, and as it builds up, we feel like we drift a little bit. Anybody know what I'm talking about? There, you, ever, you ever wake up some days and you feel like, okay, this, this, is, this is good, this is good. I feel a little closer to the Lord. And that lasts to about, I don't know, 11.37 a.m. You know what I'm saying? At about 11.37, a little event occurs. You have your moment. You have a shepherd moment. Let's call it that. You know what I'm saying? You react like a shepherd. And then you feel distance between you and the Lord. And because you feel this distance, now you feel like you got to get your act together to get back close to the Lord. But the guilt, the shame, it just it begins to add up. And instead of going to him, we step away from him. Because... 
the Lord doesn't want to be with me right now. And in fact, no one wants to be around me right now. I'm in a mood. Am I right? Isn't that how we say it? And I, I really don't need to be around the Lord right now because not in this condition. And it's amazing how we, 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 we build these different ideas about where the Lord needs to be and where we need to be acting as though we know better. And can I tell you, regardless of where you're at in this place today, if you feel like the most righteous and holy saint or the furthest away from God's center, you still have access to God. Because you may not feel like you can get to him. The good news is he has come to you. Because he wants you to be close. And I have found in my life, come on, I just, I I really want this to be a, a sovereign moment. I have found in my life that sometimes in my struggles, I don't feel like I can be close to God. Sometimes with my doubts, I don't feel like I can be close to God. Sometimes when I don't, it doesn't seem like I have it all together. I feel like I need to to get over here, fix it all up, clean it all up, get it straight, practice it for a few days. Am I talking to anybody in here? And if there's some consistency with it, then, okay, Lord, let's get back together. Am I right? And how many times do we do that to ourselves and create more distance from the Lord? And the whole time the Lord's calling your name. The whole time the Lord's like, come close. I want you over here. You're like, I can't right now, Lord. I got to clean this up. And the Lord's like, I can clean it up. I can't right now, Lord. You don't understand. I'm not not temple material. I'm the field person. I, I, I live out and work out in the field. I got a little mud on my boots. You don't want me coming track up in the palace. This is what he's saying. He wants you right there with him. And today the Lord is calling out to you. He's saying, I want you. I want you right here with me. I want you to come close. Don't run from me. Come to me. Come to me. I pray today you will see God's providence. But also pray that you will see God wants you to be in his presence. He wants you there. Here's the next one. God wants you to follow his plan. God wants you to follow his plan. Verse 12 says, you will recognize him by this miraculous sign. You will find a baby wrapped in strips of cloth and lying in the feeding trough. And the miraculous sign, watch this, it was a baby. The miraculous sign, was it a king? It wasn't like fanfare, trumpets, red carpet. It wasn't that, it was a baby, crying baby. I wonder if Jesus cried a lot for his mama. Come on, how many of y'all are wondering that too? You got little kids and you're like, I wonder if Jesus is doing this to his mama. It was a baby in strips of cloth in a feeding trough. You ever pray God will give you a sign? Come on, let's tell the truth. Don't act like you haven't before. Lord, if this is what I'm supposed to do, just give me a sign. And then you see something, you're like, is that the sign? Give me another one. Give me another one. one, one. Let's try that again. That didn't work. Let's try a different one. Another one. That didn't work. Lord, give me a sign. No, not that one, Lord. Come on. Mm. This wouldn't have been the miraculous sign that I would have prayed for. I got to share this today because sometimes the way we think God's going to do it isn't the way God's going to do it. I can, can, we, can we just go ahead and write that down? You, you, I feel like we need to write that down. The way you think God's going to do it probably isn't the way that God's going to do it. I have drawn up things in my mind. Am I right? I've drawn it up. Like, if the Lord's going to do it, I'm telling you, this is how he's going to do it, man. And you try to, like, make all the arrangements and set it all up, and then it doesn't happen. You're like, Lord, where you at? Am I talking to anybody in here today? Because it leaves you with a little bit of disappointment because it didn't go the way that you wanted it to go. But the whole time, the Lord didn't fall off the throne. His providence didn't end because you were so bad. He didn't stop being God because you started being you. His power wasn't 
held up because of your lack of power. He knew what he was doing the whole time he was doing this. When you go back to that first point, we talk about the providence of God. Those shepherds in that field where they kept the sacrificial lambs, and this is where Jesus is going to be born, and Jesus is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. I know what you're saying right now. Boy, that had to be God. It was God. When you're in it, when you're the shepherd in it, you don't see it working out like that. Because the class that they would, listen, these shepherds, they were classified low, way low. They were not in the place where they were accepted in the city. They were not in the place where they were accepted in the temple. They were not accepted in these places. They were excluded and were to be kept out in the fields. But even in the fields, even in their exclusion, where it looks like they were outcasts, look how God is using them. Look how God is using them to prepare, to prepare the great sacrifice. Be careful how you compare yourself to others, how you compare your story. You know what I'm talking about? Oh, they just think they're better than everybody. They all up in the temple and we're out here in the field and they just think they're all. And yet the Lord showed up in the field. He showed up in the field. Remember the field they were near is the field where the sacrificial lambs were born. And when the lamb was born, the lamb that was worthy of being a sacrifice for the sins of a person. I need y'all to follow this. This is some Old Testament stuff. They would raise these lambs in this field. And when there was one that was found that was spotless, was healthy, was strong, no blemish, this could be a lamb that could be sacrificed for the sins of people. They would take the lamb, watch this, they would take this lamb from the field. They would wrap it in strips of cloth and they would take that lamb in order to protect it from being bruised, they would take that lamb and they would place all the hay in the feeding trough and they would lay the lamb in the feeding trough to protect it from being bruised, from being broken. So they could be the perfect sacrifice for the sins of man. So when the angel tells the shepherds that you will see a sign that this Messiah that will be born will be wrapped in these cloths laying in a trough, in a stable. They understand that this isn't just any child that is being born. That there is so much significance in what is happening here. They begin to recognize and they now see the providence of God. Because they knew that they were in the city of David, which is called Bethlehem. They knew that these were the fields that once were tended by David himself to watch over the sheep. They saw the pieces come together all in one instance whenever the angel appears to them to tell them that you will have a sign. And the sign will be a baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, wrapped in strips of cloth lying in a manger in a feeding trough and that's where it all came together where they realized the perfect sacrifice the Messiah the King of Kings, the Lord of Lord He is here they knew this is the sacrifice because this is what they did with the lambs and now Jesus the Lamb of God who will take away the sins of the world is laying in the feeding trough, wrapped in strips of cloth. When we tell the Christmas story again, we gloss through, these are the depths of the story. And this is what it tells me. God had a plan. All along, God had a plan. For your life, God has a plan. 
God had a plan all along. And you say, I cannot figure that out though, Pastor Wade, because in the course of my life, I've had some really tough things that have occurred. I've had some challenges that have happened in my life that I can't, I can't reconcile, Pastor Wade. If God's got a plan, then why? Why is this happening? And I begin to wonder if we sat down with one of those shepherds and interviewed them. I think that's what they would tell us. I think they would say, I went through a lot. We've been through a lot. Our family's been through a lot. We needed God to provide so many times. They would tell story after story of what their family has been through. But then they saw it. Then they saw it. The sign was a sacrifice that was laying in the feeding trough. The sign was a sacrifice the whole time. That the sacrifice of Jesus, I need you to get this today, that this child that was born is not just going to fast forward and die for our sins, but he's the one that will pay the price for our healing. He's the one that would take the wounds in his body. He's the one that would take the crown of thorns on his head for every single thought that you've had. For all of the crazy thoughts. Come on, you've had them too. We've had them too. All right. For all of the crazy thoughts that you've had, this, this child that's laying in this feeding trough would be the one that would pay the price so that that curse could be broken off of your life. He is the one that would take the stripes on his back and would pay the price for your healing. He is the one that would go and lay down his life so that every willful sin that you've ever committed could be forgiven and erased off of your list. So that you could stand before God and instead of God seeing all that you've done, he will see what this baby who is lying in this feeding trough has done for you by laying down his life. And instead of seeing the ugliness of your sin, he will see the beauty of Jesus' sacrifice for your life. He's the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. And it's not just for them, it's for you Two, it is for you. Tell your neighbor, it is for you. It is for you. And I want you to know today that God has a plan for your life and he wants to save you from your sins so you can live out his plan of abundant life. The providence of God has been at work a long time in your life. And if you can see that the hand of God has been on you all along. If you can just see the need for his presence, if you can see God's got a plan, it changes your life. To go into the details of this story today, you realize this wasn't just happenstance. This was orchestrated. This was aligned. There were a lot of pieces that had to come into play to make this happen. Can I tell you for your life, there's a lot of pieces that have been coming to play to get you to the very place you are right now to hear this very message that you needed to hear today so that you can understand the providence of God has been at work in your life. Some of us, we've been exposed to the presence of God at early, at early age in our life and you're trying to figure out what what was that for? God, why would you do that to me? Why would you let me see all that at an early age? Because God wanted to bring you to where you are now because chances are there's something you needed from them right now. And be careful that you don't just throw away those past experiences thinking that's just when you were a kid because look at the story here. God started with a baby. The providence of God has been at work and he's been putting together pieces and we don't see it because we look at our struggle I pray today that in these moments that we've had together in God's presence that you will open your eyes to see God's been coming for me the whole time he's been coming for me the whole time we close Luke chapter 2 verse 15 after the 
Shepherds heard from the angels, this is what they said. Let's go. I like that. Let's go. Let's hurry. And I found this interesting. He said, and find this word. Let's go, let's hurry and find this word who was born in Bethlehem and see for ourselves what the Lord has revealed to us. Let's go, let's hurry, let's find this word. I know, I know what you're thinking. Oh, Pastor Wade, that's John chapter one. He is the word who became flesh. I know, you thought John forgot to write about the Christmas story. He was actually writing it, just used different words. But I believe there's a word that God wants to speak to your life. Because when you see, it's because of what you hear. That's deep for some of you. You'll catch it. You hear a word, it triggers what you see. Want me to prove it to you? White horse. What did you see when I said that? Red apple. You hear a word, it helps you to see faith comes by what? Hearing. Let's go find this word. There's a lot of people in a hurry right now. On the go. I want you to think about driving on the highway. Don't worry, I'm closing the message. Some of y'all a little nervous. Like, what's he about to do? I'm closing the message. It's really happening. It's planned. It's written down on the, on the iPad, okay? It's planned. I'm just following the plan. Don't stress out. I'm not winging it. A lot of people on the go. A lot of us in a hurry. And if you think about driving on the highway, you're probably going to see a sign. But just because you see the sign, you don't know always what it says. And I think sometimes that's how we live in our lives. We're so in a hurry that God is dropping signs on us. But because we're so in a hurry, we're missing the message. Come on. Good thing I planned it this way, right? Yeah. There's a lot of people that are praying for a sign. God, just give me a sign. And God has given us signs, but we're missing the message. He said, let's go, let's hurry and find this word. And this is what it made me think about. What is God trying to say to you? What is it that God is trying to speak to you? Even in the middle of all the hurry, even in the middle of everything that you've got going on right now, you notice the pace of this sermon? I'm trying to slow it down a little bit. I'm trying to slow it down so that you can consider perhaps what God is trying to speak to you in the middle of your hurry. And I can, listen, even in the room, I can feel the anxiousness. As I try to slow it down, there's many of you that's trying to hurry it up. I feel it. And it's a tug of war that is taking place in the room right now. Some of you are like, Pastor Ray, that is deep. You can feel it because we, 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 we want it to be predictable. We won't, okay, okay, you got to get to the part where you pray with the people, get them to raise their hands. Let's get to that part, get to that part, let's pray, okay? Because it's supposed to be like 1147 when we get out of here. That's usually how long you go, Pastor Way. It's 1133, something's weird, something's off. And the reason why I say that is because we're, we're so anxious to go to that next thing that we want to go do, the next thing that we got to do that we don't know how to slow down in these moments where God is speaking to us. Because I can sense at the same time there's this anxiousness to go. I believe God is speaking in this room right now. There's people in here where things are beginning to make sense not just from what's happened over the last month, but through your life. Because for the first time you stopped and considered the providence of God and you're beginning to realize God's hand has been on me. 
You didn't think it was the favor of God, but now that you slow down for a moment, you realize God has been so favorable towards you. It just doesn't look like what you thought it was going to look like. But when you begin to see him, it looks even better. You begin to realize in this moment right here how much we need God's presence. But you also in this moment right here begin to realize I really need to follow his plan. So when they say, let's go, let's find this word. It does remind me of where it says Jesus is the word who became flesh. But it also reminds me that God wants to speak. On January the 1st, we're kicking off 21 days of prayer and fasting. And this isn't just a cool thing that we do to start the year that we observe. This is an intentional time where we go and find the word. I'm going to be intentional to find the word of the Lord. God, what do you want to speak to me for this year that is coming? I've known many people that they have a word for their year. My word for the year 2023 was the word, listen. That's what the Lord spoke to me. The end of 2022, going into this year, is the word, listen. The Lord's already beginning to speak, speak to me for what I believe the word is going to be for next year. And that word is so important because it makes things make sense in the course of all the craziness of life because it always winds up going back to it. And I want to take advantage of this moment right here to invite you to come on this journey with us starting on January 1st all the way through January the 21st for a time of prayer and a time of fasting. You say, what is fasting, Pastor Ray? Isn't that that health thing that people are doing? Well, they stole it from the spiritual stuff. Okay? It does have health benefits, but the whole point of it is fasting is to do without something for a spiritual benefit. So it's not just I'm going to do like a Daniel fast and not eat that, and I'm going to look good after 21 days. It's I'm going to do a Daniel fast or a social media fast or whatever fast you decide to do and take that time I would normally spend eating or playing video games, or scrolling through social media. Come on, we can keep going down the list if you need ideas. And I'm going to choose to spend that time with the Lord. Come on. If you go with him, he'll speak to you. I want to invite you to come on that journey with us, and perhaps the Lord will speak a word to you for 2024. Perhaps God will have a word for you that will awaken something in your spirit. But will you consider 21 days, the beginning of this year, 21 days to begin to seek the Lord? Oh, I know where, Pastor Wade, windmill Christmas. Let's get through Christmas first. I got to tell you before Christmas, because January 1st will drop and you'll be like, oh, I got to get my life in order. Okay, let's do it before. Okay. Begin to make plans now so that when January 1st begins, you can begin 21 days of prayer and fasting with us. But I want us to wrap up this morning. I want every head bowed, every eye closed. And if you're here today and you you realize you were supposed to be here, maybe you're watching online and you're so glad that you decided to click that button. Because God's speaking something to your life. Things are making sense. You're seeing, man, God's hand has been on my life. God's presence has been right there the whole time and God's plan has been working even though there's a lot of times we haven't always cooperated. Maybe you find yourself today though and you, exactly what I mentioned earlier, you find yourself, you feel like you're away from God. Perhaps because you haven't been living the life you're supposed to live. Maybe you have a church background and through the course of life events, you've just gotten away from it. And so many things that I said today, you already knew because you heard them before. But because of some of the decisions that you've made, you find yourself, you're away from the Lord. 
Or perhaps you're that person here today that has no church background at all, and you're hearing this, and you're saying, this is the best news I have ever heard in my life, and I didn't even realize, man, I am away from God, and I need to get close to the Lord today. The Lord's calling your name. Or perhaps you're a believer in here, and you are close with the Lord. And as you hear this message, it has stirred your heart to begin to pray for those who are away from God, that today would be the day of their salvation. Today would be the day that they come running to the Father, and the Father forgives their sins, and now they stand before God in righteousness. But if you know that you're away from God today, with every head bowed, every eye closed in this room, you know that you're away from God today, and it's time to come to Him. I just want you to lift a hand, and then you can put it right back down. Anyone else? You can put them down. I'm looking across the room. As I see it, you can put it down. Anyone else? Yes, yes, yes. Yep. Today is the day. Salvation has come to this house today. The Father has been seeking you. And today, you're found. I want us to pray this prayer this morning. Our church family prays this every Sunday. We pray in it out loud. And if you lifted your hand, I want you to pray it. I want you to mean it with your heart. Say, dear Lord, thank you for loving me so much that you sent your son Jesus, the perfect spotless lamb of God. You sent him to take away my sins so that I can be forgiven. So today I make this decision. I put my faith and trust in you. I confess that I'm a sinner. And I confess that you are my Lord. I believe that you have risen from the dead to give me new life. So I surrender my life to you now. And I give you all of me. And I ask that you will raise me up and make me a new person in you. I'm all yours, Lord. I'm a brand new person. Thank you for saving my life. In Jesus' name, amen and amen and amen. We're so glad that you joined us for this message. If you would like to give to help us continue to reach more people, you can go to our website, merchchurch.com, and click on Give. We hope to see you at church this Sunday.